From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast, bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. Well, it's finally National NP Week. This year, November 7 through 13, and this year's theme is NPs going the extra mile. In our clinical work every day, even throughout the pandemic, nurse practitioners go above and beyond for our patients. But there are countless other ways that NPs go the extra mile. Each day this week, we will be releasing one episode on NP leaders who are doing amazing things in non-clinical spaces. We'll talk to health system executives, local government servants, health policy advocates, association leaders, and more. To start off the series today, NP Pulse welcomes a business leader, accomplished clinician, and educator. He is an active fellow of AANP and serves on the AANP Board of Directors as Region 4 Director. He is also a health system executive serving as Vice President of Operations at Avance Care. Please help me welcome Dr. Frank Minoli. Welcome to NP Pulse, Frank. It's so wonderful that you were able to join us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I appreciate the invite. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you and I have known each other for a very long time, and um, I was just delighted when you um, accepted the invitation to join our podcast. As you know, we're interviewing nurse practitioners who are leading in spaces that are new and innovative and a little bit different than the traditional pathway. But I got to say, I have worked with nurse practitioners for a very long time. And honestly, I have never met a nurse practitioner that didn't lead in some way. Um, Hence the hashtag NPs lead that we use so often on social media. But Nurse practitioners are leading in so many spaces that's at the bedside with patient care, patient engagement. They might be leading with health policy. They might be starting a clinic in a rural area. They might be starting up a new team. Um, They're just leading in so many spaces. And today I've just um, reviewed a couple of articles where nurse practitioners had done fantastic research studies and they had published their articles, education, on and on and on. But... Today, I was just thrilled because I really wanted to talk to you because you lead in a very interesting space. And so, Frank, you're an acute care nurse practitioner. So we're really wanting to know what, tell us more about your role as a vice president of operations. It's such an interesting conversation. I I feel like uh, in so many ways, uh, you hit the nail right on the head. And, and I think leadership is not a position. and It's not a, a role or a function, but it's a conscious choice uh, that everybody um, does 
every morning when they wake up. And, and, and as you said, uh, we've, we've been through a lot together, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. We've known each other for a while and, um, and it's kind of cool to be able to sit here and, and chat for a bit. And I'm, I'm humbled to be here, you know, April, I think that, um, I think that in healthcare, um, we're a very unique, uh, industry in that, uh, a lot of the business tenants that are required for sustainability, for growth, for running a business, uh, keeping the lights on and all that, uh, translate very well, uh, into healthcare. Um, but similarly, we're doing something that is just so unique and so caring and so vulnerable to our population and impacting the health of a nation that it's, it's really important to be able to understand things both clinically, but also uh, operationally. You asked mm-hmm. me how I got through this journey. And I think really it's uh, it's like life. It's a series of forks in the road that you just, you just make decisions every day and you look back and wonder how the heck did I get here? So uh, you didn't start out saying, I'm going to NP school and then I'm going to be a COO. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> if I did, I probably would convince myself. What are you thinking? So, uh, but yeah, tell us about, so yeah. you were an NP, what, what type of NP yeah. and what did you do yeah. as an NP? Yeah. So and what are those series of um, different forks in the road that got you here? So it's interesting. So April, I, I worked in a hospital system since I was a teenager. I pushed stretchers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, um, I worked in transport. I pushed stretchers. I helped discharge patients and, and all that fun stuff. And, and I understood what it took uh, to take care of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, why hospitals ran, right? I mean, what, what, who everyone was and, and what their parts were. And I felt like it was a calling to take care of people and to be involved in, in the care of others and uh, chose nursing uh, as my path. And I always had this weird um, passion about um, giving top-notch care, about really connecting with a patient um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a relationship. That's not weird. No. Yeah. I mean, it's right. It's, but it's what gets Amazing. us up in the morning in nursing, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's how do we think about impacting the life of someone else? They put their trust and their, their, their care in our hands. And how do we interact with that? And how do we treat that? Um, but I also always felt uh, compelled, and maybe it's the logic side of my brain or the, the kind of the organizational side of my brain, um, that I always was involved in other things. Even as a bedside nurse, I was involved in a patient fall committee or I was involved in an organizational council. Mm-hmm. And then as a nurse practitioner, um, you know, I, I started off in a, in a cardiac cath lab and um, and I, I wanted to do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, to be involved in electrophysiology and in more acute care. And the role didn't exist. And so I think to that point, that was probably my first fork in the road. I just, I just woke up and said, well, can I do it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my leadership team said, well, yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, sure, you can do it, but we're not going to pay you more or change your title. Of course. Whatever you want to do, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Right. And so as young as young professionals, it's one of those that you don't think about some grand scheme or you just say, well, gosh, I really want to help patients and I want to do this. And and I developed an EP program and a nurse practitioner led clinic and um, and really kind of changed the role within the the health system I was at. And I said, well, I kind of like this. I like taking Mm -hmm. care of patients, but I like thinking about 
how can I scale it and how can I set some structure and process around it? And I felt like I had a little bit of an affinity towards it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it led me just to another position where I created an adult cardiology program. Uh, and I was the first NP doing stress tests for a hospital system. And I, you know, it was in a system that they said, well, NPs don't do that. And we have a ton of cardiologists. Why would you want to do that? And I, mm-hmm. it, it's to your question, I didn't have some grand scheme. I just woke up and thought, well, there's a need and I kind of want to do this. And if you're going to let me do it, I'll go do it. And, um, and then it's with everything else where you're, uh, it's a curse and a blessing where you, you see problems and, and you want to make a difference. You want to make a difference in an organization. You want to make a difference in your team. You want to make a difference in the patient's lives. You want to be a role model. Like you, you, mm-hmm. you know, I went to become an NP because I want to, um, I want to, I want to do a good job. I care about mm-hmm. what I do. And so I felt, I figured, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll create this and I'll, I'll build a hypertension clinic and I'll, I'll do this. And, and, you know, you look back and, and, and uh, I'll be the first to tell you that I'm sure it looks fancy or like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, big things. But at the end of the day, I just woke up every day and figured, well, what can I do better today? Or how can we fix this? Right. And, um, and I learned quickly that there's a really um, challenging piece in healthcare and the piece that existed, and it still does, but not nearly as much as it used to, but that is, you know, the clinicians or the people that work clinically, whether that's the bedside clinical care team or the nurse practitioners or physicians or respiratory therapists or whomever, see things clinically. Uh, you know, gosh, these, these bean counters or these business people are right. stealing our ability disconnect to care sometimes. for right. There's mm-hmm. a huge disconnect. And, and they, it, it's contentious to the point where, they feel that, you know, gosh, anything that administration or corporate says mm-hmm. is here to hurt us. And, Hospital and, and, admin. Mm-hmm. Right, right. They walk <laughs> through the unit with their clipboards and their suits and ties and, and, and mess up patient care. And say, what do you do all day? Right, right. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then the folks that are in administration walk through and they're like, well, all I see is you spending money or, you know, how, how are you, how is this impacting patient care or you know, that's awesome, but you're impacted one patient's care. How can we do this for 10 or a hundred or, or mm-hmm. a nation? Um, and I felt like there was this really uh, deep chasm between the two. And, and if I ever really wanted to help lead and really help move the needle forward, um, I really better understand how to speak both languages. And, and for me, wow. speaking both languages, man, I had to be able to sit at a table and, and I think all of us nurse practitioners as leaders get the common goal. I mean, I don't think we have different goals. We, we want to take care of patients as many as we can and in the best way we can for safely mm-hmm. and co- cost effectively. And uh, yeah. yeah, well, I was just going to say, and so you kept that going and pursued both your DNP and your MBA. Yeah. So that my, my wife's happy about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you really kept those two uh, sides, if you will, very connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I think when I, um, when I went uh, for my DNP, I was still very much a young leader uh, mm-hmm. and learning and on a quest to grow as much as I can. And I felt like it was the natural progression and it's, 
interestingly and, and obviously uh, naively, I thought, well, I have to go for my DNP to become a better clinician because obviously it's a higher level degree. Right. <laughs> and I was corrected early on and said, well, you're an expert clinician already. You have a, mm-hmm. a license and credentials and a, and a master's degree and hours upon hours of, of, of clinical acumen and care. Um, we're not here to teach you to be a clinician. You know how to do that. We're here to teach you to think globally. And it was, a, <laughs> you know, for a young, headstrong professional, I was like, well, then am I in the right program? Because maybe, <laughs> maybe you're not teaching me what I'm supposed to learn. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned, obviously, that what, it, what I was there for was to learn how to think more globally and how to right. think about processing data and how to systems think of, and yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. analyzing and making decisions and so for me i think that was critically important because it told me all the stuff that i've been doing kind of because my internal clock said i just should do it when i woke up it it reaffirmed for me a, a structure around processing things on a bigger scale and thinking about things bigger than yourself right and and, and that's actually what really formalized my leadership development and then also made me think, well, gosh, I better learn. You know, I was exposed in the DMP program, as I'm sure you were, with, you know, healthcare finance and healthcare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and it was eye-opening for me. Um, and it, it narrowed that chasm between administration and clinical. Um, and I said, well, I really want to go for my MBA. I want to be the best leader I can. I want to impact healthcare in the best way that I can and really make a difference for our nation and for our role. I feel like there's so many nurse practitioners, Mm -hmm. right? April, you and I have done this a long Mm -hmm. time, but there are so many people that are just changing healthcare every day. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's my responsibility to do what I can to make the road a little bit easier for them. And in many ways, what you're doing with the NBA hat and as vice president of operations is you're paving the way for our role and you're paving the way for, you know, kind of decreasing that disconnect and paving the way for better patient care. So tell us a little bit more about that. Um, you know, and I, and I just want to say too, I think that I'm, I'm somebody who hierarchy and titles and all are important for clarity, but I just think that I like to use the word, um, you know, operations leadership or operations mm-hmm. executive, because, you know, it's confusing just like um, to the public, what's APRN versus APN versus nurse practitioner. And, it, you know, so, so, so to answer that question the best I can, you know, my biggest charge is to think about how to guide our organization to operate in the most strategic um, and efficient and um, scalable way to mm-hmm. allow for the care of, of our patients to be delivered consistently at the highest quality every day. And what I'd like to think about is um, I try to make decisions to make those that are actually making a difference have an right. easier way to give that care to the patients. And so it could be anything from negotiating contracts with partners and vendors to um, ensure that we're, we're getting the best service or care, or we have the most scalable economics, or that they can deliver on what my um, partners that are providing care 
um, expect and need to give care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can be from working on a workflow and thinking about strategically um, how are we rolling out workflows and patient cares to maximize patient care and minimize administrative burden and, and kind of the, you know, the, the bottlenecks and the, the challenges that even the best system faces. It, it's a little bit of everything. So do you work with NPs? Do you, NPs work for you? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I work with them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to feel that in leadership, nobody works for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I work for them. Um, I come to work to make sure gotcha. that mm-hmm. they can do what they can do. Um, but yeah, I have um, on my leadership team, uh, nurse practitioners. I have uh, folks that have zero clinical background, but will work m- create workflows and processes like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think, and, and particularly in our organization, we have practices that I'm super proud to to say that are owned by advanced practice providers. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a really fun environment. Um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, if I could sum up what operations was, is um, uh, if you've ever driven a car and you've had an opportunity to drive a Yugo. Uh, no offense to the Yugo drivers out there. <laughs> Does anybody still remember Yugo? <laughs> right? I mean, okay, let's let's say a Honda Come on, Fit we're dating or something. Ourselves. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or a Lamborghini, right? I think mm-hmm. um, you know both of them have engines, and um, and both of them, if you hit the gas, it goes in a direction, and if you turn the wheel, it goes in a certain direction. And but but the the engine that is the most um, develop the most efficient, the smoothest running is the one that you don't even hear, mm-hmm. um, but can, can deliver what you need it to. And in my mind, what I tell my team is operations is the engine. If you're doing it right, nobody knows you're doing it. Um, and you're always looking for ways to make it run smoother, to improve gas economy or efficiency or time between oil changes. Um, and if you're not doing it right, it clunks and it makes noises and everybody hears it and it, 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 it creates a whole lot of issues. Like so my unhappy team, NPs and unhappy, unhappy patients. NPs. And yep, yep. that's not good. Right. Nope. Unhappy NPs, unhappy <laughs> patients, uh, people uh, who are staying at work three hours late to chart because they don't know how to fix the system or um, EMRs that are broken and don't connect and they're fragmented or, yeah, I think that my job is to make the engine be sound and efficient. Wow. So, so I love the fact that you realized early on that there was a chasm between administration and the clinician and that you've spent a career breaking down um, that disconnect and really making it fluid so that that runs fluidly back and forth. And um, I think that says a lot. And I think that that in itself is what makes your leadership role so successful. But I wonder from your perspective, do you think that the fact that you're a nurse practitioner actually propelled that? That's a great question. Um, So admittedly, I don't think that I do anything um, that's rocket science. Mm -hmm. I think I pay attention to details and I try to think about process and I, try to put the puzzle together. So I think I would be a, maybe I'd be a chief puzzle maker. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, puzzle maker also, or right, puzzle, or puzzle, puzzle worker puzzle, outer. <laughs> puzzle, yeah, I like that better. I'm the puzzle <laughs> worker outer. Yes, I, that's something my kids would get on board with. <laughs> um, but I also feel like, you know, I've been in healthcare and I look back and I actually did recently. I've been in healthcare for 30 years. And I still think that I'm on the early swing of my learning and growing as a leader and in healthcare because we're changing so much every day. But to answer your question more directly, I feel like anyone could be a COO. I feel like a nurse practitioner uh, without a business degree could do it. I feel like a business person without a clinical background could do it. But I really feel like coupling the role um, uh, and, and putting the two together um, allows you to process things every day in ways that you wouldn't if you only use one side of your brain. Mm-hmm. And it really marries both perspectives um, to, to, to improve healthcare and improve right. the way we do it. And uh, I think you got to be a little schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I, sit, when I sit there and I'm looking at vaccine rollout for an organization and which, what are we going to do for a workflow and how are we going to X, Y, and Z? And then my clinical mind is thinking about, well, how am I going to, <laughs> I have internal arguments in my mind, <laughs> <laughs> but I really feel like having the two is, uh, it really makes for a more um, full leader. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll use a hypothetical, but Maybe um, someone might want a nurse practitioner to see 30 patients in a day. You really know what that's going to impact. It's going to impact the time with that patient. It's going to impact that um, NP's care. And so you can really see, okay, what is realistically the ideal number of patients that a nurse practitioner can see in a day? Just as an example, because you understand both sides. That's a great example. And not to put my mean corporate operational hat on also, but it also gives me credibility when I walk into a nurse practitioner's office and talk to them and they're seeing 10 patients a day and saying that they just can't see one more. I've done it. Right. So I, so, so it is right. It goes both ways. Yeah, it -hmm. does. And that's part of the schizophrenia is knowing that maybe 30 is a little bit high in your example and 10 is a little bit low in Mm -hmm. my example, but it really allows for finding a sweet spot that meets, meets kind of all needs. Right, right. So Frank, you have uh, got your NBA, you got your DNP. Um, you know, do you subscribe that we're lifelong learners? I certainly do. I'm learning right now. But um, how do you, do, how do you continuously develop yourself professionally? Do you do that? Do you listen to TED Talks? Do you attend conferences? You know, what is your, how do you continually grow in your leadership style and your acumen with what you've developed? Yeah, it's, that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head. My grandfather gave me the, one of the best lessons of my life. And he said, uh, the day you stop learning is the day you die. And so mm-hmm. put that in your mind and think about it. And, and that's your, you know, so, so you never stop learning. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think there's so many, um, gosh, remember when you and I were, kind of coming out and growing up, uh, you had a big mm-hmm. drug reference book in your one, right. <laughs> right. Your one Carried it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In now, our pockets. Now, oh gosh. My yeah, lab right? coat pockets were stuffed. I yeah. know I had a, I had a sew every so often cause it would pull at the thread. Mm-hmm. It was so too much stuffed in a pocket, but, um, 
you're always learning. And I think um, that goes clinically. And I know we're talking in, in general about uh, what I am doing every day, but, but clinically you learn and it's continuing education and it's learning how to put evidence-based practice into action. But for me, I also learn, um, you know, I, I read Wall Street Journal. I look at Harvard, Harvard Business Review. Uh, TED Talks are a phenomenal outlet Mm-hmm. For almost any topic you want, mm-hmm. uh, leadership, uh, uh, you know, how to make a pizza pie, all, yeah. <laughs> almost anything, you want everything. Learn, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really also feel like I learn every day. Um, I like to try to do something every morning. I wake up and think about one great thing I did the day before, one thing I could have done better and try to put that into action for the day that's ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learn as much from my CEO as I do from the person straight out of school that is on my team. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is their first job. Um, I learn how to be a better leader, a better person, how to take all uh, opinions and perspectives and, and facilitate and synthesize. I think Ted talks with um, uh, uh, Simon Sinek, I think um, Patrick Lencioni, um, mm-hmm. even um, uh, we had a guy, Doug Stewart, at a recent fellow winter meeting who mm-hmm. gives a TED talk on mentorship. And really, what does that mean? And just how do you take ownership of your own development? Just resonated with me. And I feel like as a, a lifetime learner, um, if you, it's kind of like uh, they say, step outside and smell the roses. If you, if you open your eyes and your ears and your mind enough, you're going to learn everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think I've learned about leadership. I've learned about organizational dynamics uh, through TED Talks, um, through networking. I think that's one of the biggest things. Networking and, is big. Oh, and it's it, huge. You, you mentioned being a fellow. So there's a lot of our listeners that are fellows in AANP. And I mean, the, our fellows have been fantastic and you've been part of the executive team with the fellows and are still the board liaison with the fellows and you mentioned lifelong learning and I, I couldn't agree more and this that's what I love about the American Association of Nurse Practitioners AANP that we really pick up that NP professional from the moment they decide they're going to be an NP and we carry them all the way into retirement and beyond, immersing them with different um, educational components. And, and leadership is one of those. We offer a lot in terms of leadership development. You know, Frank, I, I wanted to ask you one more question. I know our time is wrapping up, but, you know, as I think about today, and we've got so many things that we're facing in the world today, I don't even want to get started, covid humanitarian issues. But I think right here in the U.S., we have over 84 million Americans that lack access to care, the care that you're providing in your company every day. But over 84 million Americans lack access to care. And what we're seeing is that nurse practitioners, as they're moving um, out into practice, particularly in full practice authority states. We've got 24 now with full practice authority. Nurse practitioners are going to those states and they are starting practices in rural communities where otherwise 
there was no access to healthcare. And so I, I applaud those uh, nurse practitioners. They are leaders and they are stepping out and we're seeing that quite a bit in, in FPA states. And I wanted to just ask you, um, because oftentimes as a nurse practitioner, it's tough to step out and start a practice on, on your own. That's a little scary. Um, so if you could share some advice with your business hat and your NP hat and your many, many years of experience, if you could share a little bit of advice for the nurse practitioner out there listening that's thinking about taking the step and moving a practice into a community so that she or he can provide care to those community members that otherwise would not be there. What advice would you give? Oh, wow. And, 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 and by the way, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, this is, we do this to take care of people and we just have to do the best job we can to close that gap down. Um, and we are um, one of many solutions, but we are a strong solution to improving the health of our nation. Uh, you know, um, I've been very fortunate to have people take an interest in me. You mentioned the fellows. I learn every day from standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm -hmm. um, people that are courageous enough to go out and figure out a solution. It's not, I want to open 10 practices and become a whatever air billionaire, right. millionaire, hundred air. Um, <laughs> Um, it's, it's seeing a, a problem and, and being courageous enough to, to come up with a solution or be the solution. Um, they're my heroes. I think this is, that's part of what inspires me to get up every day. Um, I would say be smart, um, mm -hmm. be thorough, be courageous. Um, don't dismiss business as just some ugly piece that you don't want to get your hands in and somebody else will do it. And you'll just, uh, you know, see, see a patient or two, but, but ask questions, um, um, think about, uh, the impact. And, and if, if the, if the contract or if the, the business agreement or if the whatever doesn't make sense, then just ask, because if you don't ask people either assume you do or, or take advantage of what they feel is the best opportunity. Um, but really, um, don't downplay the significance of negotiating good contracts um, thinking about things scalably uh, and investing in yourself and in, in your business, um, mm -hmm. understanding what sustainability means and how it benefits you and people that you're responsible for, like your team and your patients and future patients that will mm -hmm. need your care. That if you do things with sensible business um, acumen, meaning economically, scalably, um, ethically, um, in an organized way that it's not just happenstance of I took care of two patients today and I don't know why it worked out well, but it, it you know, so having a process in place and thinking mm -hmm. about, um, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners are really good at documenting and taking notes. And we do right. so with patient care, but do that with your business too. treat it just as, uh, as delicately and, uh, uh, importantly as you would a critically ill patient. So put the mm -hmm. time in to, understand what it means and, and think about um, what the finances are and have, um, have some uh, investment in, in making the business run well, because at the end, that's what will 
uh, create scalability and will help you grow your practice and, and, you know, who knows? Be able to serve more patients. That's right. Provide more care. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. Excellent advice. And what I think stands out the most is that nurse practitioners can absolutely do this. And I think that's what you've demonstrated today so well. You know, we've talked a lot about um, a heavier topic and, and I know we're wrapping up, but Frank, do you ever do anything besides work? I mean, <laughs> sounds like you're working all the time. Well, you know, I, I don't listen, April, if you care about what you do and you're passionate about it. And, you know, I think that's part of why I like thinking about leadership as um, a humble calling where you serve mm-hmm. others and you're, you're kind of jazzed by that. It's not work. It's not tiring. It's yeah. actually invigorating, but I'd also add, yeah, I mean, I, I got three, three little kids you that got are family, awesome. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. a phenomenal wife. Um, that's uh, very supportive through my career and educational growth. And now, now I said, let's invest in the kids. So, <laughs> so, so I guess I'm done with school, but I'm never, not done with learning. Uh, I love golfing. I love being outside. I love every once in a while you get hit the golf course. Okay. I do. I do. (laughs) It's, it's a, it's a good mental, uh, release, uh, just to be out in nature and, and kind of enjoy yourself and, uh, clear your head and, uh, challenge yourself to, to do some fun things. And so I like going on vacation. I like, I love spending time with, with colleagues and I love surrounding myself with people that I feel um, I learn from and, and grow from, and that includes you and includes the board and A and P. I've just been super fortunate throughout my, my life to have people that care about me and take some time to see a glimmer of light uh, in me. And um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy being around people that, um, that I'm able to uh, spend some quality time with. And it sounds like you've figured out some work-life balance. And I think that's good good advice for our audience as well. Work hard and play harder. That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much, Frank. It has been a delight. We've known each other for a long time, but I've learned new things today. It's been an absolute delight to be able to talk to you today. And, And I'm sure our listeners will have enjoyed this podcast as well. I wish the best for you. And um, I look forward to when we can see each other again soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And I uh, appreciate all the hard work you do and all of our nurse practitioner colleagues lifting the shoulders of our healthcare. Thank you, Frank. You are a shining example of nurse practitioner leadership and a testament to the importance of NPs and leadership roles. To our listeners, I want to urge you to become a part of your national professional association and add your voice to the 119,000 of our NP colleagues nationwide. During 2021 Nurse Practitioner Week, you can save $21 on an NP membership to AANP. Simply visit aanp.org to join and use the discount code listed in this episode's description. This week, the world celebrates you and the incredible work you do, going the extra mile each and every day. Please subscribe to this podcast, share with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, 
be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Thank <laughs> you.